Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Well, hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. So excited to have you along today for this special program called The Top Secrets to Super Successful Networking, which is just such a great topic. I'm so excited to be addressing this. We've never really done a topic quite like this, and our guest today, Anne-Marie Cross, is the perfect person to walk us through this during the next hour. Buckle up and get ready because you're going to discover what networking is and what it's not, what to avoid so you don't tarnish relationships before you even start, icebreakers versus deal breakers, how to know the difference, three key steps to maximizing your networking results, what not to do when you introduce yourself, how to put together a powerful introduction that wows your audience and leaves them wanting to know more, what to say next after someone asks you, so tell me more, how to calm your nerves and increase your confidence when introducing yourself, key follow-up strategies to nurture your relationships, and networking and building your list of contests the key tools to have in place. Our guest today is Anne-Marie Cross. She's hailing from around the world, and she's got a personal vision to inspire possibility and greatness in others. She supports ambitious women entrepreneurs in unearthing and communicating their inner brilliance, their brand really, both online and offline through speaking and networking so that they can get noticed, hired, and paid with their worth, and finally build the life and business of their dreams. Her website is annemariecross.com, and spelled A-N-N-E, Marie Cross. Cross.com. Welcome to you, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Marnie. It's so great to be here and with your listeners today. And it's so fun to enjoy your little Australian accent there. How exciting <laughs> is that? And you were telling me that right now, of course, it's, uh, we're pre-recording this, so it isn't at the time that most listeners are listening to it, but right now it's about 5 a.m. your time, it's and I'm so proud of you for <laughs> making the commitment <laughs> to be here with us today. And maybe just tell us about your first network experience. How did that go for you? My first networking experience was so nerve-wracking and I tell you, I think I just stood in the back of the, you know, in the back of the room in a corner and just hoped that it would go really quickly. But thankfully, someone took me under their wing, mentored me and uh, taught me all she knew about networking. And uh, I made a promise and commitment that I would do the same because I was so um, motivated and so inspired by what she shared with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really helped me as I continued to network and build relationships. So, yep, here I am today. <laughs> well, that's great. And I think all of us can relate to the experience of going to a networking event of some kind and just being really unsure <laughs> what to do mm-hmm. of how to really take advantage of the opportunity. So let's go ahead and dive right in with what networking is and what it is not. Well, I think for um, heart-centered entrepreneurs, I think it's going to be a huge relief to find out that networking is all about building relationships first. We all know that it's important to build no like, and trust with prospective clients. And that's the same with people who we are building relationships with at networking events. It really is not about getting to a networking event, trying to hand out as many business cards as you can and getting as many as you can back so you can take that back to your office and email them, you know, your sales material. It's not about that at all. It really is about relationships first and allowing that relationship to develop. Now, could it turn into a sale? Who knows? It actually could turn into a referral relationship or a JV, you know, a joint venture opportunity. But I think if we look at it, build relationships first, get to know other people, let them get to know you first. And when you do that, you're building a solid foundation upon which you could eventually have a sale or a referral partner. So I think that's really important right at the onset. Absolutely. And you know, it kind of just dovetails right into the next thing, what to avoid, because what networking is not is um, opportunity for you to maybe hog the floor and uh, talk all about me and, you know, mm-hmm. just ignore the other people. So what is it that that you can really do that would really kind of tarnish relationships even before you hand your card across? 
Well, I think it's the approach to networking and I'm, I'm sure we've all been to a networking event where there's someone who is running around the room, shoving your, you know, taking your card out of your hand and shoving their card into your hand and trying to do that as many times around the room as possible. Now, this is not building relationships because you don't even know that person. And then what they do, I don't know if you've ever had this, money, but it, oh, I tell you what, it really does annoy me. All of a sudden, you get emails from people, newsletters, sales material, brochures, you know, through the email and you think, well, who is this person? I've never met them. Then when you go through your business card, you realize that someone's gone back and entered your details onto their database and they've done that without your permission, which is not only annoying, it's actually illegal, you know, against the spam uh, law regulations. I know it is here in, in Australia and I'm sure that it is in the US where you are as well, yes? Yep. Yeah. So, please don't do that at all because that's it, one of the very first ways that you can tarnish a relationship. Something else that you, and you alluded to this too, Marnie, is when you get an opportunity to speak with someone rather than um, be curious, and we talk about that in a moment, and be interested in what the other person does, you talk about yourself, you talk about your products, you talk about your services. I mean, you have not even yet um, found out whether this person is interested. And I love the quote that, David Ogilvie says, and to be interesting, you have to be interested. So I think when you go with the frame of mind to be of support, to build relationships and really go with that mindset first, you are going to be someone who people like, who people trust, and who people will either want to do business with if they're your ideal client or be a referral partner for you. So I think, think avoid selling, avoid speaking only about yourself and, and certainly go from a frame of mind and what can you offer the people that you are connecting with to build your relationship? You know, I think if we start the other way around when it's me first and not them first, what happens is that we're only really addressing one person. We're addressing the potential client. Whereas mm. when we start the other way around, we're actually addressing all five people that we might be meeting. We might be meeting a client. We might be meeting someone who will give a referral to a future client someone, like you said, who might be a JV or joint venture partner, someone who we might want to buy what they're selling because that's actually what we've been looking for, or even a friend, someone that, you know, you just start talking to and you just connect and you're like, well, we may never do business together, but I think we should be buds, <laughs> you know? So yeah. what happens is if we start the other way around, we really miss out on four of those five relationships because we're just so busy trying to sell something. And I love that mm-hmm. you say to start with the relationship and then go forward. So let's talk then about like the difference between icebreakers and deal breaker, deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we all know that an icebreaker is breaking the ice. It's starting a conversation and it's starting the conversation on the right foot. And of course, a deal breaker is where you might say something and we're going to give some examples in a second. Uh, a deal breaker is something that you either say or you do and it tarnishes the relationship before you even mm-hmm. have an opportunity to start nurturing it. So an icebreaker, as we've just you know, mentioned, start by asking other people about their business, about um, what they do, because people love to talk about their work and when you give them an opportunity to share more guess what happens? You then don't have to suddenly come out and talk all about you. You can be really interested in them and often then the relationship is reciprocated. They'll tell you a little bit more about themselves and then they'll always say, so tell me about you know what you do. So don't worry that you're not going to get an opportunity to talk about uh, what you do with them either. So you know, tell me about your business and the work you do. That's a great question. You may even have heard of some of the challenges that are going on in their industry. So when you're listening out to what they're saying, you could say to them, oh, look, I've been hearing a couple of things about that industry. What are some of the challenges that you're facing with? Perhaps I can support you. You know, you may have a great network of people who they may be able to connect with. So if you, again, not only talk about, um, you know, asking questions about them, but also talk about how you're open to sharing resources and, you know, some of the connections in your network, you again become someone who they think, oh, this person's great. I really need to connect, re, you know, connect and reconnect with them and have them as part of uh, my network. You might even tell them, you know, I have a large network. So if you do have any needs at the moment, please let me know about them because I'm happy 
to uh, you know refer you to others or, or mention a couple of contacts that I have that can perhaps support you. And another one that I love as well as part of an icebreaker, you might ask them, what are some of the exciting projects you're working on at the moment? And just by those couple of ideas as an icebreaker, you really can build a great conversation around that. And uh, so those are just some suggestions for, for icebreakers. Those are great. I love the what's an exciting project you're working on right now because that really taps into the emotion of the person instead of just regurgitating the same information they've been sharing all evening. Um, mm. That one really tapped into the heart and has been really good to identify with who this person is you're talking to. What's a deal breaker? What can we do right off the bat that really well, uh, seals our feels our fate in a negative way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that talking all about you, about you, about you, and guess what, you know, about you, even when the conversation uh, is around them or their projects, if you continue to reflect back on you, oh, yes, I've had this, and then you kind of turn the, the, the whole conversation back on you, that kind of becomes a deal breaker too because people can get the sense that you are trying to bring that conversation back to you. Just allow the concentration to concentrate on them, what's happening to them, what projects that they are dealing with. And when you really show that genuine interest, we are building that likability. And I think that it's so important in any relationship. I mean, would you do business money with someone that you didn't like, that you didn't trust? Would you recommend someone that you really didn't like? So it's so important, isn't it, to um, to really be mindful of uh, how the, of the whole conversation goes and make sure that it doesn't always come back to you. Another deal breaker is interrupting people. Have you ever had someone who might have been, you know, you're standing around in a group and you're talking and all of a sudden someone in the group kind of interrupts, oh, I've got a solution for that or I've got a product that can help you with this or have you tried that? And it kind of just interrupts the flow of the conversation and whilst you may be thinking, hey, I've got, I've just had an opportunity to share what I do and about my product, I bet you if you were to go around that group of people, it's kind of more like an interruption and, and what I would consider a deal breaker. So, so, you know, please don't do that. Don't interrupt. And don't do all of the talking and not letting the other person uh, get a word in. Now, sometimes when we're nervous, we can do that. To, you know, we don't like um, empty space or quiet to quiet space. Someone might just be taking a breath. Just go with, you know, take a deep breath and allow them to continue the conversation without kind of jumping in there. Um, because, you know, they're probably a little bit nervous and apprehensive too. So that's really important. Going into the same Yes, you might have you know, heard something that they mentioned that you know you could support them with, but there is a process that you can follow and we are going to talk about that um, you know, coming up. What's the process to follow so that you are nurturing the relationship and not kind of like seeming to be pouncing on someone because that's going to really frighten them and it's going to come across as being too pushy and salesy. And then, of course, the last deal breaker is not listening to what other people have to say. Here's why. You could potentially um, hear something that you know you could provide incredible value, whether it be an article or a resource that you can share with someone or have someone in your network that you know could support them. Now, if you've ever been to a networking event and you meet someone and then later on you get an email from them to a resource or someone shares something with you that really helps you overcome an issue or a problem, I mean, how thankful are you to that person? And, and when someone helps us, we want to reciprocate that, don't we? Now, if we're not listening because we're too nervous or we're trying to think, oh, no, they're going to ask me what I do in a moment and you're trying to rehearse that in your mind, you could be missing out on all of these golden nuggets that you could later go back, enter all these details into your database so that you really can become a key resource in that person that you've just met in their in their business, in their lives. So make sure that you really do listen out for how you can help and support that person. So awesome. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Anne-Marie Cross of AnneMarieCross.com. That's A-N-N-E, MarieCross.com. And uh, we're going to come right back and talk about the three key strategies to maximizing your networking results. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. 
Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're talking today with Anne-Marie Cross about the top success secrets to networking. And uh, just in case you aren't familiar with Anne-Marie already, she's listed in the top 50 podcasts for entrepreneurs for 2012 and also the top 100 small business podcasts worldwide for 2013 by Small Business Trends, Small Business Marketing, and Mindset business coach. Marie Cross continues to share her marketing and mindset business growth strategies with entrepreneurs local, globally and locally there in Australia. And she's here today sharing with us top secrets to super successful networking. To learn more about her over at her website, annemariecross.com. Anne-Marie, let's go ahead and dive right into the three key steps to maximizing your network results. What's the first one? The first one, I think, is to really be mindful of your mindset. You could be fueling the fire or increasing your fear, increasing your anxiety, increasing your nerves because of what you're telling yourself. And I recall many, many years ago when I first started networking, the things that I was telling myself, uh, I'll, I'll share them and maybe some of your listeners can, can relate to that. So I was thinking, oh, what if I'm going to make a mistake? I bet you I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to forget what I, what I want to say and how I'm going to introduce yourself. I was really quite nervous in, in getting up and speaking in front of a group of people and I know some networking groups that you attend, you can actually get in, up in, in front of everyone and give like a 30 or a 45 second uh, intro about who you are and what you do. So I was very nervous about that. Um, I was nervous in, about the fact that I might make a fool of myself. So what I was doing was I was really fueling those negative thoughts to the point where when I did need to get up and speak, my mouth was dry and pretty much what came out was just this garble and it was like, oh, oh my goodness, please let this end. So be very mindful about what you tell yourself. And one of my mentors said to me, and this this is a life changer, life changer for me, a game changer. She said, you know, we will go out and seek the evidence that we need to prove our belief is true. So in other words, if I did believe that I was going to make a mistake, that I was going to forget what I wanted to say to people and that I was going to continue being nervous, guess what? That was what was going to happen because I was going to go out and seek that evidence. So it was at that time that I decided, well, I want to go and seek out evidence that tells me that I am calm, that I am confident. And so uh, when I changed that mindset and even when nerves started to appear, I would then tell myself, you know what? You have practiced. You've done this before. You visualize this, you're going to be fine. Just get up and do the best that you can. And then eventually, I really started to enjoy myself and I just couldn't wait to, to share with others what I did because I knew by not getting up and sharing, there may be someone sitting in the audience or there may be someone that they knew that could really benefit from my support. So by not getting up and sharing it in the most confident way that I could, I could be doing someone a disservice by not letting them know that, hey, I can help you. And so once I started, you know, to change my mindset, there was such a significant difference in the, the level of confidence uh, in the networking. So, yeah, that's really I love that. one, and, I think. And I, th- I think another thing that people can do, if you really struggle with nerves, for instance, Emory, you and I are here talking right now, and we're talking just to each other, but then there are countless thousands listening, <laughs> you know, as we speak on. And uh, But we are focusing on each other. And I find that whether I'm writing a book, or an article or doing an interview or speaking in front of a group, if I remember that I'm really only ever speaking to one person, I might be speaking to many one peoples at a time, but I'm only ever really speaking to one person. And that really helps me to relax and just remember that this message I have is for one person in front of me and hopefully many one persons. But that that really does help me too to remember it's just really one person mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. and that that helps to reduce the stress level because it's just then at that point it becomes like a little bit more like a conversation. Let's talk about the second one, which is being prepared. Well, there are three things that I think that you should have prepared and doing that beforehand really allows you not only to introduce yourself, but also have the steps to take the conversation further, which is so very important. And I think that if people not only realize that networking is about building relationships, but what is key is that magic happens after you leave that networking event. And I think once people realize that, 
that it puts a whole other light on networking and really emphasizes this whole relationship building and nurturing the relationship. So the three things that you really want to have prepared is firstly your introduction. Who are you? What do you do? How can you help people? And what's the outcome? And we can certainly talk about that in a moment when we're you know, putting together an, a, an introduction that wows the audience. But you need to have something that you can share with others that is going to pique their attention, especially if your ideal client is in, in the audience. So have your introduction ready to go. That brings me to the second point. Not only do you need your introduction, you need to have your information. So often when we are speaking to someone and we've introduced yourself and you do pique someone's interest, the question will often be, or you, you'll be asked, oh, tell me more about that. How do you help people? So you really need to have some follow-up information about how you can support people, um, what you do, and, and, and the third thing is your invitation. Now, in your conversation, if you really identify that the person to whom you're speaking really would love to learn more about what you do, how you can support them, your invitation should include some form of you connecting with that person so that you can both speak further to one another about um, you know, your prospective products and services. As I mentioned earlier, the networking is not just about building relationships. The magic happens after you leave the, the networking event. So when you have those three things, your interest your information, your invitation, already it flows and you'll find that uh, the conversation will have the ability for you just to pop those things in. You say your introduction and they say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. You follow up with your information, provide a bit more about what you do, some of your programs. Um, you might even have a couple of success stories in there. And then, you know, they'll often, oh, I really want to find out more about that. Well, why don't we connect? When's a good time? Perhaps we can email each other after the meeting and uh, make a time to connect further. It flows just like that. And so those are the three things that I think you really would like to have prepared before you go to that interview or before you go to the networking event. And the, the other thing that you mentioned earlier in the program was that if you don't have those prepared, what happens is you spend all of your listening time worrying about what you're going to say. But you are going to know for sure that when you go to a networking <laughs> a meeting of some kind, you're going to need this information at some point. Might as well get it ready. Mm. <laughs> you can just I honestly believe it. To practice it, practice it in front of a mirror, practice it while you're doing something else, like maybe um, clearing the table or or driving or something where your mind is also preoccupied so that you've already had the experience of doing it with um, some distraction going on, at which point you can just relax and really ad lib it at that point instead of trying to say it verbatim the way that you had written it down. You know, what's the key not to do when you're introducing yourself? What do you want to avoid? Well, I think there's a couple of ways that people tend to introduce themselves and um, it's not really putting the you know y- yourself out there in a way that it really can show value, add value to your community. And the first way that they, people often will um, introduce overwhelms, overwhelms people. Often if you're getting up and speaking in front of a group and you've got an opportunity to do that, because there's so many people in the room, they give you a limited amount of time. And I know for some networking events, it can either be 30 seconds or 45 seconds. So what happens is we try and jam as much as we can into the, the amount you know, of time that we've been allotted. And if you're speaking too fast, to try and get as much information into your introduction as possible. Guess what? People are kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, what did he or what did she just say? So you don't want to overwhelm people by speaking too fast. Something else that we'll often do because we love our work. I mean, we wouldn't be working and doing what we did unless we really loved it. And so in our passion for our work, we can often unknowingly use jargon or terminologies that no one else will understand. And I think that that can become very overwhelming overwhelming for people too because unless they're working in your industry how do they know what technique or if you're a a coach what modalities you use they have no idea so try and avoid any jargon or any acronyms you know terminologies that they have absolutely no idea about and then the last point that I'll often find that overwhelms people 
is in your business, if you do have a number of facets of your business, don't mention all of them because it could seem, again, confusing. Like, does that person do this or do they do that as well? Like, what, what do they do? And when someone is overwhelmed, we know that they'll often just switch off uh, and they certainly it certainly won't open, open the opportunity for you to, uh, to share more. So avoid overwhelming people. Then something else that uh, people will, can do when they introduce themselves is not just overwhelmed but also underwhelmed. And there's a couple of ways that people can do that. Um, they may say, hi, I'm Anne-Marie, just give you an example, I'm an accountant. And they just give their job title. <laughs> now, why this can underwhelm people, there's a couple of reasons. Now, imagine if someone in the audience has recently worked with an accountant and had a really negative experience. Now, what they will just, will they will do, and it's natural human behavior, they automatically would put me in the category of, don't want to speak to her, she's one of those accountants, I don't trust accountants anymore, so that is certainly someone that I don't want to, to speak um, to more. Now, they may already have hired an accountant or have someone that they can connect with who has uh, you know, expertise in the accounting field. So immediately they disregard you as being someone they want to connect with or they may prejudge you because they have an understanding of what an accountant does but you may have a lot of other expertise, certifications, qualifications, experience that they you know that that doesn't fall under the category of accountant. So you want to make sure that you don't just put yourself or pigeonhole yourself by just mentioning your name. And sometimes that what other people do as well when you're underwhelmed is that your tagline is so ambiguous and not outcome focused that people again come to their own conclusion. So imagine if I was to say, hi, I'm Anne-Marie, I provide financial advice for small businesses. Now that opens the question, well, what sort of financial advice specifically do you, you know, provide? What outcomes is someone going to uh, expect if they work with you? And if I haven't mentioned those things, it's unclear. It leaves you know, the audience to come to their own conclusions and if you do leave it open to the point where people will come to their own conclusions, often it doesn't lead to further discussion um, and, and certainly not taking the relationship outside of the networking event. So don't overwhelm and don't underwhelm and confuse people either. That's great. Another way that I've seen people kind of do the underwhelm thing is they get up and they begin with a put down of themselves. I'm just kind of new at this or uh, whatever. And that's not time to really do that. What you want to do is you want to identify what you do. And then later, if you find out, well, this is a Fortune 500 company and you're just starting out with, you know, you and another person, then it may be not the right mix. But you know what? For the entrepreneur that's got, you know, 10 employees or something, you might be the perfect match for them. So instead of you making that decision for them ahead of time, allow them to come to that conclusion. Well, this is Ronnie Fredrick visiting today with Anne-Marie Cross of AnneMarieCross.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to put together that powerful introduction that wows your audience. Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. And Marie, this hour is flying by and I want us to dive right into the section here about how to really wow an audience with your introduction. And maybe that sounds uh, a little overwhelming, but honestly, when I read a good article topic title, you know, um, it makes me stop and it makes me read the whole thing because the title was so good. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. When somebody's introducing themselves, they have a short, short period of time to do so. How can we really take advantage of those few seconds? 
Yeah, such a great point, Marnie. And I think what you need to do is really, people love story stories. We are mesmerized by stories. Um, even scientific studies have proven that when we share a story, people are listening. You know, all of the other mind clutter and thoughts that they've got in the, you know, in going on in their mind immediately is stopped when you start telling a story. So there's four key things that if you put into your introduction, then when you speak this introduction, it's going to come out like a story and people are going to listen and they're going to resonate. And then there's four key things that you want to put into your introduction. Firstly, who do you work with? If you can't specify your niche or your target market, it's going to be very difficult for you to really make an impact with your introduction. So and this is, you know, key steps. If you're not able to identify who you work with and you're still saying, well, everyone and anyone can use my, my you know, product or services, then you haven't taken the time to really think it through clearly enough. So who you work with is very important. Major challenge or challenges that they are faced with. You want to really address that and get clear on that. Thirdly, you want to also get very clear and have a concise way of showing or telling what solution that you provide them your ideal client and then who you work with and lastly you also want to share the outcome or the solution that you provide so the benefit of them um, investing in your services or referring you to someone else if they've got someone in, in your network. So Mani, shall I give you a, a, an example of that put together using those same four key steps? I was so hoping you would. <laughs> okay. Well, let me let me share what I recently put together. So again, so we said first, who do I work with? So I work with women coaches and consultants, and then the next step is the major challenge, who struggle with their marketing and getting new clients and who feel undervalued and underpaid. I help them to create meaningful marketing messages that attracts new clients who pay them what they're worth so they can double or triple their results and finally build the business and life of their dreams. So I provided who it was that I worked with, the major challenges, which was their marketing, getting new clients. I even put some emotions in there that people feel undervalued and underpaid because I know my ideal clients so well, this is what they're struggling with. And I help them by putting together meaningful marketing messages that attracts new clients who pay them what they're worth. So that's also the outcome and benefit so that they can you know, double or triple their results, which is what uh, a number of my clients have done and finally build the business and life of their dreams. So that kind of provides this hope, you know, and possibility and the outcome and the results that someone has, um, you know, can, can expect through investing in you, your products or your services. So when you put it together like that, it tells a really nice story and people can, oh, I know someone who's a coach or oh, I know someone who's a consultant and, uh, and if that's them themselves and they are struggling with those challenges, then uh, I bet you someone is going to come up to you afterwards and say, hey, we really need to talk. So that's the, the four key steps that I would put into your introduction. Anne-Marie, I want you to do something for our listeners right now. I want me mm -hmm. to be the person to point at you. You're at the networking event and says, okay, you get your 30 seconds right now. Go ahead. And I want you to do it. And then after you're done, I want you to just be quiet because I want you guys to actually feel how this particular format feels to a listener in that setting. Okay, Anne-Marie, your turn. Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Cross. I work with women coaches and consultants who struggle with their marketing, getting new clients and who feel undervalued and underpaid. And I help them by creating meaningful marketing messages that attract new clients who pay them what they're worth so they can double or even triple their results and finally build the business and life of their dreams. That is so radically different from I work with coaches um, and I help them and, um, you know, we can go almost any direction you want and you know mm. how we do it <laughs> when we're just doing it in the moment. I love this template you guys want to really, if you missed it all, go back and listen to this part again in the archive, but uh, you want to use this template and create a really good wow introduction for you to use in these in these situations. You know, what happens now, okay, is that everybody goes around the circle, but 
there were some people around the circle that as I'm participating in this event, I'm like, I have to be sure to talk to her, to him, because, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got what I need. And then a couple other people that were like, I have to be able to talk to her or him afterwards because I've got what they need. And so afterwards, when somebody comes up to you, Anne-Marie, and says, now, can you tell me a little bit more? Because this was a pretty intimidating moment for them. They don't want a big sales pitch. They certainly don't want you to hog the whole rest of their evening trying to fix their problems. But they are kind of curious if you might not happen to have the solution to the problem that's keeping them awake at night. So what do you Mm. say next? Well, what I say next is, um, and again, there's some key things that you want to include. Um, You want to share a bit more information about your work, but more importantly, share a little bit more about what's going on for your ideal client. Because when you do that, if they are your ideal client, I bet that they are struggling with the same issues. And again, you're talking about what's going on for them, their frustrations, and you know the, the things that are just not working really well. You also can talk about some of the programs that you've put together. Now, if you've put together a really great program, and you mentioned something earlier, Marnie, a headline. Now, you imagine if you've got a, a program or package that you've put together that if you were just to say the headline, it's so benefit-driven and a, a promise of value in it that just absolutely inspires someone, that title should pretty much sell itself. So if you mention that in the conversation as well, people are thinking, oh, I need that program. I want in. How do I get started so that's really important Um, and I think also if you provide a few success stories of former clients or people who you've been working with and also identify what they're doing now you know how they've overcome their struggles but what um, your product or your solution how that has helped them that again confirms promise of value but it also is social proof isn't it it's people who oh someone else has had similar issues as I have and by sharing that success story again it really confirms that what you are saying is out there and it's really working. Also something else, I mean we've all heard of that term overcoming objections and I think in your success story if you share that with someone that also overcomes objections then that person to whom you're speaking with at the networking event automatically kind of then All right, that's the same. So what I mean by overcoming objections, say for instance someone's just new to business and you know that um, that is a common objection where someone will say, well, you know, I've only just started so I don't think you can really help me. So you imagine in the success story if you're sharing that, you might say, well, you know, one of my clients, Jennifer, she'd only just started her business and she was struggling with this as well. And so so when she went through my program, she was able to attract three high-end clients within just 90 days and that added an extra X amount of thousands to her uh, to her income for that uh, quarter and look she only just started her practice and so if you share that if someone's thinking oh well I've only just started what you've just done is you've melted that objection and that person then thinks ah okay you know this person can help me so those are some you know key things that you want to consider in sharing with that further information. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. What do you say to the person who just when we're talking here and you're explaining how to tell your story and how to talk about what's after that and they are just their um, tension is rising. They're like, I could never do that. I could never (laughs) just in person (laughs) think of all these things until I have the right story at my fingertips to pull out when the person needs a, you know, to me to overcome an objection. How do you, how do you encourage someone to kind of reduce the stress? to calm the nerves a little bit. Sure, and I love that because I would say to people, really? So you you don't know much about your products and programs. So really what I would say to them is, yes, you can. Here are the four things that I want you to go back to your office and just jot down some notes. And once you've got those notes, then you can put it together in a couple of paragraphs that you can share with someone. So just recapping on those four things, an overview of, um, you know, more detail about your ideal client and the challenges that they're facing, an overview of your products and programs and make sure that they've got some really strong titles and headlines to really inspire people and motivate them to go, yeah, or empower them, I should say, to say, yes, when can we start? Um, identify the benefits of your programs. That's really important. A lot of people tend to put features in there, you know, about how many coaching sessions or the ins and outs. Just talk about the benefits. And the last point is a couple of success stories of uh, clients who've previously worked 
worked with you. Now, if you identify those four things in your information and how you can respond to it, well, tell me more. That really is giving someone a thorough understanding of who you are, how you can help them, or how they can refer you. And they're so, you know, much more inspired because you've already identified the benefits, the promise of value, and the outcomes people are going to achieve through investing in your products and services. I think there's two kinds of fear that happens when you're doing a public presentation of any kind. The first fear is just the fear of doing it. Um, the actual fear of I might stumble over my words, I might, you know, say something dumb or, you know, people might not laugh at the joke I have ready or, you know, just those basic kind of fears. But then the other kind of fear is the fear that I think you should um, step back from and that's the fear that you really don't have anything to say. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and once you get past the fear that you don't have anything to say, that, for example, you don't have anything good to offer, once you're convinced that you do, that you actually have value to give to the people, then all that you have left is you have the fear of how you're actually going to say it. And in a networking situation, um, you have a lot of grace extended to you because it's just a conversation. And so there's time for you to formulate a thought and to, to give a good response or to say, you know what, I don't have that. I don't have those statistics with me right now. Can I get your email? I'm going to send them over to you tomorrow. Um, you have this ability. It's not like speaking in front of a large audience. You're really one-on-one or on a small group and you have the ability to actually not have it all perfect and to still leave a very good impression. In fact, I always trust somebody more who says, you know, I've got kind of a ballpark in my head, but I can get you the the article where I saw it in. I'll send that over to you. You know, that builds trust instead of the opposite. And so I think once you're convinced that you actually do have something good to offer, most of the nerves go away. It certainly does. And, you know, I think what you said um, earlier, Marnie, was about visualizing. That is so powerful. And I think visualization is a tool we often take for granted. And one of the things that I'll say to people is, you know, if you've rehearsed it over and over and over in your mind, i.e., you've visualized it, by the time you get to stand up and present and do, you know, um, speak in in front of a small group and, and share who you are and how you can help people, because you've done it several times or even more than several times through visualization, it's a lot easier for you. And I think studies have been proven that um, the the unconscious mind, so your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between an imagined memory and a real memory. So if you visualize this, you know, 10, 20 times in your mind, you know, your subconscious thinks, ah, this is easy. I've done this so many times. I can get up and do it really confidently uh, in this in this setting as well. So I think visualization is just such a, an important um, you know tool to use to, to calm your nerves. I think you also mentioned practice, practice, practice. Get up in front of a mirror. You might have some colleagues who you really do trust and that you really do already have built you know really strong relationship with. Ask them. Can I? Can you give me some feedback? Let me just practice this a couple of times and they're going to support you with the best intentions and so doing that and practicing in front of people who you already trust can also really help calm the nerves as well. But I don't know about you but even now when I um, see the microphone going around the room, if there are a number of people or if I'm in a new networking group, I'll also get a little bit of nerves. It's just something that happens Mm -hmm. and and I I look at it with interest because I think, wow, I've done this so many times and butterflies are coming in in my time. I mean, so what I'll do is I'll just do some deep breathing and deep breathing is, is, over, is underrated, I should say. Maybe, yeah, underrated. We, we again, that's another tool that we can use to really help calm our nerves, get oxygen to the brain so that we do uh, know what we want to say. And as I'm deep breathing, and I do it very quietly, no one can tell that I'm doing this, the mindset, I'm telling myself, look, Anne-Marie, you've done this many, many times. You can be fine. Just get up, speak confidently, take a deep breath and just, just stand up and... and uh, um, and just yeah, share how you can support people, build those relationships. And you know, the minute that I stand up, all of that nerves and any anxiety just kind of melts away. So I think deep breathing is something that um, really is going to support you too. And to be mindful of uh, your mindset and what you're telling yourself. And I think a combination of those things really will help increase your confidence and, and calm your nerves. How beautiful. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Anne-Marie Cross of Anne- AnneMarieCross.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the key follow-up strategies to nurse. What's your next step? 
Are you tired of scouring the internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more. All available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. Our guest today, Anne-Marie Cross, has a website, annemariecross.com. That's spelled A-N-N-E, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, Cross, C-R-O-S-S.com. You can learn all kinds of things over there from her and about her, and I hope that you'll check that out. Anne-Marie, as we come into the final segment here, let's talk about what to do once you leave the networking event. I think the, the most common thing that we do is we go back to our offices and we put the cards that we've just collected in our drawer, never really to look at them again. So keep a database, even if it's just a spreadsheet, um, to write the details in and a few key points that you learned about that person. What are they struggling with? What are some of the key projects that they're working on? The reason being is you may come across a resource or a person or even have someone in your network that you can connect the two people together and again become known as someone who's helpful, someone who's, um, you know, someone you want to connect with and keep connected with uh, in, in your network. So please keep Let it down. Let me interrupt base. you just a second. Yeah, on that point. Sure. It's interesting because mm-hmm. I think that Dan Janel uh, introduced you to me, right? Is that how we connected? Yes. Mr. Dan? Now, Dan is somebody that I've worked with before. He does um, media marketing and uh, newspaper marketing and all that kind of thing. Dan is an amazing guy and a terrific business. But just out of the blue, I get this note from Dan that says, have you interviewed Anne-Marie Cross? She'd be super on your show. Okay, so there's an example of somebody later on coming back and doing me a favor by introducing mm-hmm. me to you, Anne-Marie, and also at the same time doing you a favor by introducing you to me uh, or me to you. So it, these kind of opportunities come, but if you've lost their information, if you can't remember what exactly they do, when you see one of these, you'll be like, who was that again? And you won't have mm-hmm. it, right? So this is yeah, so beautiful. Exactly. Just keep a database and have some keywords. Just think about Google keyword searches because you can search your Excel files and you can search your Word documents to find these keywords. And afterwards, you can actually go back to somebody you met two five years ago. You can still find them. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, how appreciative are you for if someone is able to share a resource or an article or whatever it is, a person to come on the show? How you know? How just thankful are you? For that, and that person who shared that resource really uh, elevates, you know, their um, exactly. their status in, in your database. And so, mm-hmm. by doing that, um, I, I think really continues to allow you to share and also really nurture the relationships that you're building. So definitely keep a database and continue to update that and, and really go back to that. I think also too, when you return back to your office, what I like to do is just send, for the people who I have had a conversation with, I always like to send them a very brief email, um, just you know, to obviously to, um, to acknowledge them and to thank them for the opportunity. Now, if there is something that I heard that they were struggling with, or maybe even in the conversation that we had at the event, I might have mentioned to them, look, I've got a couple of articles or some resources that I can share with you, or I do have a name of someone who could support you. Let me go back to my office and send that to you. So there's a second part to that email if I've already promised to follow up, or even if I haven't promised, I might go and do a search. What can I share that's going to be of further support to that person? And then I will send that to them. And then that's it. No, hey, here's my product, by the way. Nothing nothing like that at all. It's just a friendly uh, email that thanks them for their time and um, again resources that you may have shared. Now in the networking event if someone had or has shown interest and you've said to them hey you know I I see that there's a bit of interest I I am very happy to connect with you after the meeting and uh, perhaps we can learn a little bit more about each other's businesses and how we might be, be able to refer people then set up a time let them know that hey here's a couple of options let's um, sync our diaries so that we can connect and of course what happens at that meeting that's where all of the magic happens where you're really building and extending on that relationship so 
you know, you do follow up with them. There's those, those kind of um, strategies. What you don't want to do is you want don't want to put people on your database unless, of course, they have given you permission to, to do that. But again, I would not even ask them, hey, do you want me to put you on your da- my database? Um, don't kind of ask that awkward question either. But yep, keep a database, send a nice follow-up email, and if you've promised to send a resource, if you do have a resource, send that to them as well. And uh, I tell you what, you'll certainly stand out as someone who um, is a valuable person in their network. Well, and it's really astounding how few connections are made after networking events. I mean, most people don't have this down. (laughs) So Mm. you will stand out. The other thing, I love the analogy of, you know, don't go in for the kiss too soon. You know, I mean, you're just meeting this person. Don't don't infringe on their personal space by coming in for a big, big old kiss uh, when you're just meeting them. You You want to kind of develop the relationship and find out if they like you first before you start throwing all kinds of offers at them and stuff like that. Another thing that I like to do uh, when I'm talking with them, I like to kind of hit the social network side of things too. And it's interesting. People do have their own favorite social networks. Some people it's LinkedIn, some people it's Facebook, some people it's Twitter, whatever. And if you can sometimes bring that up, you know, are you active on the social networks? Yeah, I spend a lot of time at Twitter. Okay, then that's where I'm going to connect with them when I get home Mm. because I can connect at Facebook with them, but they never look there. You know, so it kind of helps to find out where they're hanging out and to connect with them at their favorite uh, social media sites. We're just running out of time here, but we do want to talk about the three points under the networking and building your list of contacts. What are the key tools that we should have in place for that? Well, I think the first one is what I call your irresistible signature giveaway. Now, if you've put together a resource that is very um, informative and is going to give your ideal client or someone who's accessed that giveaway with some really great information to support them in overcoming an issue or a challenge, by sharing that with someone, that is definitely going to build your credibility. It's going to build your reputation as the go-to person but with that irresistible signature giveaway the way that they do access that is by giving you their details so that you do you know they do become part of your list but they don't mind doing that because the way that you've put your irresistible signature giveaway together the title that you've given it is so outcome focused that they want access to that and if you've spent time really understanding your ideal client your giveaway is going to be something that they cannot wait to, uh, to get their hands on. So have something that you can provide them and give them a value that's going to give them a little bit more insight into your expertise. And, and again, that's going to take the relationship further. And if they are your ideal client, because they've gone through that content, whatever it is, a checklist, an audio series, a video series, there's so many different technologies that we can harness as we're putting this together that uh, it's going to provide immense value to the point where someone will know, oh, I really want to work with this person because if this is what they're giving away as a giveaway, imagine what it's going to be if I do uh, invest in their products or their services. So have something of value to share with them and of course that giveaway requires uh, them to give you their contact details. Something else that I think we've touched on is a follow-up conversation. I call this a strategic follow-up conversation. Now this is where you've identified that someone is potentially your ideal client and you might say something like well look it sounds as if you're quite interested and you certainly um, are someone who I've worked with many many people who are struggling with what you are uh, challenged with at the moment I have what I call um, a strategic follow-up conversation and I'm more than happy for for us to connect it goes for 20-30 minutes and we can really get a full understanding or better understanding of where you're at and potentially whether we can work together is that of interest to you now of course if they're interested they'll say yes and then you can follow up and make a time uh, on your schedule to connect with them and of course the third is keep in touch strategies you know make sure they're ongoing keep in touch strategies if someone is your ideal client and they're interested they've got your irresistible signature giveaway and then they're on your list do you have a newsletter that continues to build your reputation and credibility as an expert as a go-to person or in your newsletter you're continuing to share really good resources really good articles 
articles. Um, I love what you said, Marnie, about um, connecting on social media. Are you regularly tweeting or sharing content that you know your ideal client or that person who is now connected with you, when they read that, they can see that you really are someone that um, knows what they're talking about and has immense value to share. I think that that's really important because how often do we think that the relationship is going to take off just from that initial meeting and it doesn't. It's what happens after the meeting. We've said that before. So make sure you've got some really key keep in touch strategies to continue nurturing the relationship. You know, there have been times where I have had someone for 18 months on my database, never even heard from them. Obviously, they, they said, yes, I'd love to be on your newsletter. Then 18 months out of the blue, hey, Anne-Marie, I've been reading your newsletters every week. Actually, it was a fortnight I was doing. I'm now doing them weekly. I love the content. I'm ready to move forward. How do we get started? 18 months it took. So sometimes it can take a little while. But if you don't have those key follow-up strategies in place, they don't know about you and they may not have your contact details. So it could be a missed opportunity. So those are certainly some key things that I would recommend uh, you have in place. I can't even agree with you anymore. <laughs> this is so true. I had one uh, women's ministry leader from Canada who contacted me and asked if she would be, a, if I would allow her to give away 24 of my women's ministry guides, which I give away for free at Marnie.com. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, sure, but can we just have them go through the site and, and register there? And she said, well, she said, I would have, except the thing is that it took me two years to get up the courage to ask for that free report. And so I'm just afraid some of them won't have enough courage to do it easy that way. That's why I'm asking if we can give it to them directly. Emery, it mm. took two years for her to get up the courage to ask for a free report. Wow. <laughs> so we are, we, we will never really comprehend what's going on in the heads of people online. And what we want to do is we want to make it as easy as possible for them to work with us, as easy as possible for them to find us. I was looking for, actually, I'm going to be on somebody's um, radio show myself in a couple uh, days here. And I was looking for, um, I was looking for the name of the host. I couldn't even find the name of the host on the show. I could find everything about the show, what we're going to talk about, but I couldn't even find the host's name. So make it easy for people to find you, to find out what you do. This hour has flown by. You guys need to check out everything over at annemariecross.com. And it is A-N-N-E Marie Cross.com over there. Uh, Marie, I am just so grateful that you could be here today. My pleasure. It's been absolutely um, wonderful. And I thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, there's so much of our great stuff over at Anne Marie's website. Hope you guys will check it out and join us again next week for another edition of Marnie's Friends. In the meantime, head over on to Marnie.com and see what we've got going on over there. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.